0: God, thank you so much for that, that you're faithful to us. God, even when we don't see it, you're faithful. And so God, I pray this morning that you would remind us of your presence, that you would meet us here, that you'd teach us, that you would challenge us, that you'd grow us in this time. And as Kristen prayed a few moments ago, God, may we not uh, see this as routine, but may you meet us face to face this morning, and uh, may we encounter you in a new and special way today, in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: You may be seated. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody? Good. 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 Good to see everybody. Good to see some uh, some old faces, some new faces. Um, if you're not familiar uh, with Summit, welcome. Uh, think hard, because there's some crazy folks in this room. Um, and you may know that because uh, one of them might have invited you. But, um, but uh, no, if you're new or reason with us, my name's Travis. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, we, um, this is week uh, 27 in the middle school. No, just five. Week five. Week five in the middle school. Um, and, uh, but it feels like longer in some cases. In some cases it feels like this morning was our first time here. Um, but we're going to be talking from Galatians chapter 3. Uh, this morning, and so if you have your Bibles and you want to pull it out and turn there that'd be great Before we dive in uh, just a, just a couple of things real quick some housekeeping things first of all uh, If you didn't uh, if you're not on the Facebook, um, there's this new thing called Facebook Don't go there if you're not there don't 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 that's my recommendation pastorally for you um, But if you are there you've seen this you've heard this more than likely um, but if not, if not, on Monday night, finally at about 9:45 p.m., uh, Summit Church did receive planning board approval to build in Gorham. <laughs> it feels great, and, uh, and so again, if you're new or recent with us, um, long story short, two um, awesome churches became one about three and a half years ago. Three years ago. It's almost four. Anyway, um, and, uh, and, and God's been working on us. We've been working ever since then to build a Summit home. Uh, we have a South Coast home and a South Vorm home. And uh, we've been trying to build a summit home, and we just got planning board approval to do that. So we're excited about that. And uh, and we found we found everything uh, that we need to be able to break ground, all the money to build the project, and it's in your pockets. And so we're just waiting on that uh, to, uh, to to come through. And and you uh, know we're real close. We're real close, and we have even more updates than that. But we just wanted to pause this morning and celebrate that we have planning board approval because that was a big next step for. Uh, for this and so I've met with a lot of folks this week after planning board approval and uh, things are running, and things are moving forward and uh, so we can't wait to show you very soon what that's going to look like and and Talk to you about uh, some other things that that need to happen and all that to make it happen. Sound good? Awesome, so Yeah, you got right? God. So, uh, Galatians chapter 3, I want to start here, and, uh, and, and just so you know, we're going to go through verse 14, hopefully, um, but before the end of the message today, uh, but, I, but I want to start by reading a little bit, because Paul uh, does something here. So just to recap, just to recap, Paul is writing a letter to the churches in Galatia, okay, uh, that he had a hand in planting, that he had a hand in starting, and he's writing to them Because he's shocked that they have turned from uh, the faith so quickly. Who Who has swayed you? Who has come in? And who had come in were these false teachers that were out for their own personal gain, right? And we talked about last week, the best way to recognize a false teacher in the church when false teaching is starting to come and filter into the church is that there's confusion and chaos among the people right that is the that is the number one way right no matter the motive right because we can question motives often but when you know that false teaching is infiltrating the church right is infiltrating the body when there's confusion and chaos because God is not the author of confusion he's not right and and so and so if we're confused, either there's false teaching or there's some ways we're trying to twist the gospel to make it fit, whatever we're doing, um, so that God is pleased with us and, and, and both cause confusion and chaos and are false. And so we talked last week about the pure gospel and all of that. Now, Paul goes into chapter three and he really takes a leap back to chapter one in disbelief. And some of you parents that have ever corrected children may know exactly where paul sits here and 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 so let's just dive into it paul uh, in, in galatians chapter 3 starting in verse 1 oh foolish galatians now stop there because there's some things we got to unpack okay he starts this out he, he starts chapter 3 he's he's shifting directions just slightly but he starts out, oh foolish Galatians. Now again, again, if you're like that parent that has disciplined your child, you, you, you kind of call them out. Then you go through some correction things and you call out what's wrong and all those different things. And then you, you might even circle back to just that moment of disbelief, right? That moment of disbelief. How did we even get here? What has happened to get us here? Why? Right? Asking the question why. And so Paul has kind of circled back to where he was in chapter 1 with his disbelief here. But the, but the, 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 the um, statement that he makes, we've got to unpack for just a moment. Because he says, oh foolish Galatians. Now, in Paul's time, in the time that this was written, this statement would have been one of the most offensive statements that Paul could have written to the church. Like these were part of, of um, what do you call that, non-church language that I know some folks never use. Right, but, but this would have been considered some of, that, um, some of that non-church approved language. Foolish, right, foolish. Now, we know foolishness as lack of judgment, Right, Yankees fans Right, Tampa Bay fans We know foolishness as, as some of those things That's how we define it now But back in the time that this was written Paul calling out the Galatians And saying, oh foolish Galatians Would have been quite the insult It would have been very offensive He might as well have come into Summit Church And said, you stupid people Now I'm not saying that (laughs) <laughs> I'm not saying that right I'm not saying that that's kind of okay right that's, um, but, but he says oh foolish Galatians and he's 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 basically trying to get them to 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 grasp once again his disbelief his unbelief as to where they are and, and I don't believe it's shock value because I really feel like he is trying to kind of in, in writing You know, kind of grab them and shake them and say, what are you doing? And this would have certainly got their attention. But we've got to wrestle with the fact that Paul uses some of the hardest language here in saying, oh foolish Galatians. And he goes on to say, who's bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed uh, as crucified. God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So Paul calls him out and says, oh foolish Galatians, let me ask you a question have you ever wanted desired or needed a reset Anybody? it's okay same place right reset right just a reset right you need a reset um, you've been working on something for hours and it all starts to look blurry right like like um, I, I love puzzles Right, but uh, I can get engrossed into a puzzle and focus only on said puzzle and all else just fades away around me. Okay, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, whatever, right. And, and, but with puzzles, I can get to a place of frustration. Where we're missing a piece, what the kids do with these pieces, right? This, this can't be done. The manufacturer was absolutely wrong when they put this thing together, when they cut this puzzle, because they didn't do it right, right? I've been looking for this piece for 30, 45 minutes. It's not here, no matter, you know, and, and all of that, and I step away for 30, 45 minutes to an hour, I go back, and boom, it's right there, and I feel foolish, right? Uh, you've been working on something in the garage a project something like that. You've been uh, a work project something like that You've been you've been doing, you know, you've been engrossed in it You've been working so hard on it and then you step away and come back and it just gets done so quickly Right Paul is resetting the church of Galatia here Because what has happened right is they have drifted because of the chaos and confusion that has come about in the church in the body Right? They've drifted, there's chaos, there's confusion, now Paul is saying, come back, right? And what is he saying come back to? Come back to Jesus, right? I mean, he, he essentially here says that, that uh, look at verse 2, or excuse me, the rest of verse 1, it was before your eyes that Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this, did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith, are you so foolish, there's the insult again, having begun by the spirit that we just sang about, are you now being perfected by the flesh or by the spirit? And so what Paul is doing is he's bringing them back to the basics of Jesus. That, that what matters here, and it's kind of the whole, the whole theme of this series, that Jesus plus nothing equals everything, right? Everybody okay? Okay. Okay. Everybody's like looking around and like trying to figure something out. These guys are just making. Are we Okay. There a code, yeah. There's codes yeah. on the screen. Mm. Okay. Very good. It's probably just Jeff. Okay. Um, no, but uh, but but Paul but Paul is trying to get them to reset. And now now remember remember the series of events. Okay. Remember the series of events. Jesus crucified buried, risen again, appears to the disciples for about 40 days or so, 140 of his closest people, and he says at the end, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and behold them with you, always even to the ends of the age. So what he's resetting them on is he's bringing them back to, hey, listen, this was the mission, right? Don't forget the mission." Right? There's some other things over here that are going to happen. There's some Old Testament laws that we've lived by, some ceremonial cleaning, some things, right? There's there's all of these things over here that we've held so tightly to for so long. But then Jesus came, right? He broke all of that. It, it, It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Go make disciples, right? Keep it about Jesus. Is essentially what Paul's talking about. So this morning, I want us to look at what it means to be a disciple and how we dis- see discipleship being developed. Okay, how we see discipleship being developed. Because there's fruit, right? There's fruit. And and, 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 and whether we realize it or not, the question is, the question is not are we do- producing fruit? The question is what type of fruit are we producing? Okay, so let's keep, let's, let's look at that. So a disciple, the first thing I want to point out to you today, is one who knows and follows their church. Exactly. A disciple is one who knows and follows Jesus. A disciple is one who knows and follows Jesus. Now that's, that's very important, that's very important, okay, and we're going to look at that because um, uh, there's a group called the Navigators, uh, you may or may not have heard of them, right, but when it comes to uh, the Navigators and their statement of faith and their core values is that they want to see people know, love, and become like Jesus. That's what's important to them, that's what they build their whole organization around, knowing Loving and becoming like Jesus and what Paul is saying is this is the mission of every believer It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as Crucified let me ask you this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing by faith? And so we talked about it last week is salvation something that can be earned No, right this means yes, this means no. The right answer in this is no, right? And that's the question that Paul's asking. He's just talked about it in chapter 2, but he's, he's kind of asking the obvious question, like I just did, right here in chapter 3, saying, how did you receive Christ, right? How did the Holy Spirit come upon you? Was it, be, was it, was it because of all the things that you did, or was it because of your faith, hearing, and faith? Right? And it's not because of the things that you did, it's because you said yes to the person and work of Jesus, right? And so, and so Paul is saying here that a disciple is one who knows and follows Jesus. And so again, I know we've heard this before, but for those of you that are jumping in here midstream, the Galatians knew about Jesus, they knew Jesus, but they were being swayed by these false teachers, Okay. The gospel is not good advice, but good news of what God has done in Jesus to remove our guilt and God's wrath. And so that's why, we, that's why we make much of the person and work of Jesus, because a disciple is not one who knows their small group and follows their small group. A disciple is not one that goes to prayer meeting and follows the people at prayer meeting. A disciple is not one that comes to Sunday morning church and follows the people that, a disciple now listen all of those things might be fruit of the most important thing but if we are missing the most important thing then we're missing the point of all of it and we might as well not gather okay but a disciple is one who knows and follows Jesus and so if Jesus isn't the central theme of your small group yikes If Jesus isn't the central theme for the reason that we gather in prayer, yikes, if Jesus isn't the central theme as to why we come here on Sunday mornings and gather and sing and listen and study and search the scriptures, then we are undoubtedly wasting our time. This isn't something that we just come and do so that we can go eat lunch out afterwards. I mean, as a kid growing up in church, I thought that was the best thing about church. It was like the only time we ate out in the week was Sunday afternoon at the Golden Carrot. (laughs) That's Golden Corral, but we called it, you know, you did everything there. And the best thing was the self-serve ice cream machine that was unlimited. (laughs) We need a golden. Forget Chick Fil A. We just need golden corral. Anyway, sorry. Bart. Um, okay. Um, but 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 for a long for a long time, that you know, go go to church, say the Lord's prayer, you get a you get a, you know you get a lollipop, and then and then you go into church, and once once the preachers were done talking, right, you got to go out to lunch, and that's what it became about, right? It's not that. It's Jesus. He has got to be the reason for everything that we do and more, more importantly for you, right? I hope that's true for us that are in leadership and the reason that we put this screen up is Jesus, the reason we set all this stuff up is Jesus, right? The reason we set the children's ministry up and all of those things is Jesus and so that you can be stirred in your affections to Jesus when you come here, when you gather here. But more importantly, that, 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 that your motivation for coming here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday is Jesus Jesus not to be entertained not not to be high-fived or fist-bumped or whatever you're comfortable with but the, your motivation is to know become and love like Jesus and that's a disciple a disciple is one who knows and follows Jesus number two Number two, a mm-hmm. disciple is one, now, now I, I recognize this, and hear me out, hear me out for about a half hour after I say this point, okay? Because this yeah. is going to make you, this is going to make some of you want to tune me out here for just a moment. A disciple is one who is being changed by Jesus. Changed. Changed. Why do I need to be changed? I'm perfect, just the way I am. What are you trying to change in me? Now, now hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. I'm not trying to change anything, okay? I think you all are perfect in God's sight. He loves you so much, and I'm trying with some of you. No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding right? At salvation, now this is very important, this is very important, and I I'm want to try to explain this as clearly as I can, okay? At salvation, I believe so deeply that we realize there's a gap in our lives, that there is a need for Jesus that we can't fill. The, the, the biggest false teaching that we're buying into in our culture is that we are everything that we need. I don't need the church. I don't need to gather at the church. I've got all of these churches at my fingertips, right? And their production is great. Their music is top notch, right? All of these things, right? And so, and so I can just tune into four or five of these on Sunday, right, not even leave my couch and be great, right? And 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 what we're doing is we're replacing the gift that God gave us, the ecclesia, the gathering of believers, right? With this, with this, um, with this, with this performance, with this uh, service, with this screen time, with this what have you, where we where we're convinced we're all we need, and that's less than it. Okay, we are not all we need. We're not. Left to our own selves, we will fall flat on our face. We need Jesus. And deeper than that, deeper than that, we need Jesus to change some things on the inside of us. Motivations of the heart. Preferences, like we talked about last Sunday and how tight-fisted we hold some of those things, right? Um, um, Compassion, um, care, right? There are some things within us that we are going to battle until we pass this side of heaven, right? That Jesus will never fully perfect us. And so a disciple is one who is being changed by Jesus. Now, you may be sitting here this morning and say, well, pastor, you know, I've been a Christian for... You know, 27 years and God's done this work, God's done this work, God's done this work, I feel really good. Okay, let me tell you something, Christian, super proud of you, super proud of you, buckle up. Buckle up. Because if you're anything like me... Okay, if you're anything like me, those things that you just thought you had a grasp on, those things that you thought, man, I've got a handle on this, this is great, God's done a work in here, he can take you from here to here like that and remind you of your need for him. And so part of salvation, part of what, what part of what Paul is talking about here when he's asking, have you been saved? Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or hearing faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? And so he's saying, listen, you started out great, you were doing this, you recognized your need for Jesus, you recognized the things and the areas that you needed to work on with him, right, and you were being perfected, sanctified by him, right, by faith, all of these things, and then then you drifted, right, you drifted and you started to go back to those old ways where you could do good, where you could be enough within yourself, and you didn't need Jesus anymore because you were enough in yourself and it's important for us to remember that the disciple is one that is changed by Jesus now it's also important one more thing before we move on to number three okay one more thing it's important for us that constantly want to change people and see change in people it's important for us to remember that a disciple is one that is changed by Jesus, not you. Some of us get so frustrated, disappointed. You insert the word. Want to give up because we are trying to do the changing. Before you change anybody, number one, you've got to make sure that you're being led by the Spirit. Number two, and the way you do that is number two, you pray. Like knees raw praying. God, is this something? Is this something that's, again, to steal from last week, is this something that's just that's just colliding with my preferences? colliding with the way that I was raised, colliding with this, colliding with that, or is this truly something that you are leading me, calling me to address? Because it is ultimately not you that can change. God can use you, and the Holy Spirit inside of you can, right? But Jesus has got to do the work, not Travis. Got it? Okay, am we good? You still here? Okay. Awesome. Some of you are thinking about Golden Corral. Okay, number three. Number three. A disciple is one who is committed to the mission of Jesus. Okay, look at verse four. Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it wasn't in vain, does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing and faith? Just as Abraham believed God and was counted to him righteous, know then that this—that it is those of faith who were the sons of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying in you shall be shall all the nations be blessed in you shall all the nations be blessed so then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham the man of faith and so Paul brings it back to the power of the Holy Spirit and the Abrahamic covenant of the Old Testament pointing us to the mission of God. Okay, so the blessing of Abraham, where Abraham comes into this whole thing, well, the blessing of Abraham to all nations is the gospel of Jesus that we talked about last week. Our faith, then, is not an isolated one between me and God. It's something public. Oh, that God, that, that, oh, that, that people would see Christ in me. It brings us into the plan of God, the purpose of God, and the mission of God. And so we have the good news, the gospel that we talked about last week, and God calls us to disciple the nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. We do that starting at home, across the street, across town, to the planning board, and so on, right? And so on and so on. I, I said planning board because some of us got frustrated on Monday night with the planning board, and we wanted to give them the five-fold ministry, and really bless them, and slay them in the spirit, but we didn't, okay? We didn't, and God loves them too, right? Um, and they gave me a muffin at the end, which I thought was very nice. Bless them. Okay, Okay. But a disciple is one, number three, who is committed to the mission of Jesus. What is this? The growing of his church. The growing of his church. The growing of his church. Right? And that's twofold. Okay? That's twofold. Now, we're not talking about filling all the seats in here yet. Okay? That's that's not the point. Well, when we talk about the growing of his church, see, we've we've got to step back for a minute. Let's all step back for a minute. Let's reset for a minute, kind of like Paul is doing, okay, here in this text. right? Let's step back for a minute. Let's redefine church growth. The church is, it's almost like we're scared to talk about church growth because people just think we're all about the numbers or we're all about the money or all about this. No, no, no. Listen, the design of God in Jesus was all about church growth. Okay? Two ways. Number one, that people meet him. That's church growth. Anytime, at any point, gospel preaching church that somebody meets Jesus, the church ought to celebrate. Like that is hands down the most important thing. When we baptized Stephen Ouellette a couple weeks ago, I pray that you were more excited leaving here that Sunday because Stephen Ouellette got baptized and went public with his faith than you will today at planning board approval. Because let's not get this thing wrong. We don't exist to build buildings. We exist to grow the kingdom of heaven. Okay? And, so, and so Paul is refocusing on church growth that, hey, all of this, all of this, this whole Jesus thing, the life, the person and work of Jesus was so that people could live with him in eternity. So that we can have a relationship with him. That's the point. That's the point. And so, and so that's the type of growth, church, that we've got to be looking for. And here's the rub. Here's the rub. That <coughs> some of us could take that or leave Some of us are more concerned about getting in, getting out, spending as little time as possible in the gathering, the ecclesia, the body of Christ. That we don't give much to is the kingdom growing. For some of us, this is it. This is the extent of our life as a disciple of Christ. You got an hour you got 70 minutes. Some of the church, we like to take 90. Okay? But that's that's the extent. That's the extent. And can I tell you something? Missing out. You're missing out on the beauty of the equity of the church, the body of Christ, God's plan to change the world, save the world, if that is the extent of your life with Christ. You're missing out? miss now. the second part of church growth that Paul wants us to focus on because he's saying a disciple of Jesus is one that is about the mission right committed to the mission of Jesus the second part of church growth that we've got to make much of the second part of church growth that we've got to make much of y'all hear y'all ready the mission of Jesus is my question are you growing are you growing I mean, mean, think about what Paul's doing here with this letter. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Right? So he comes out swinging. I mean, he just punches the church of Galatia in the mouth for like the third time in this letter, and he's only at the first part of chapter 3. Right? I mean, this is awesome. Right? And who said the Bible was boring? Right? I mean, he just dropped the biggest insult he could have dropped in that time and didn't even apologize for it. Right? I mean, you foolish. He even says it again in a couple of verses later. Right? Calls him foolish again. Who has bewitched you? And what he's doing is he's saying listen 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 remember jesus go back to when you first met jesus are you different now than you were then do you make decisions differently now than you did then do you spend money differently now than you did then is your marriage more full of grace and love now than it was Then is your relationship with your kids different now than it was then is the way you love and honor and respect your parents different now than it was then. And if you say no to any of those, then the, then the grace of Christ, the grace of Jesus, the overwhelming loving grace of Jesus may not be flowing through you the way it needs to be the way it should be the way that God ordained it to be. And so so we get so wrapped up, and listen, if you've got more questions about this, go back and listen. Last week, we get so wrapped up in the legalism and the checklist, and are they fitting into the box that I think they should be fitting into as if something happened and, and God ordained me to be judge. Are they fitting into the box that I've created them to be in? Are they saying the right words? Are they listening to the right music? Are they spending money the right way? Are they loving people the way that I think they should be loving them, right? Or are they growing closer to Jesus? Which is more important, right? I mean, which is more important? And we are called, listen, and, and this we are called to make sure that our brothers and sisters are growing in Christ, first. If not, what are we doing? And so, and so again, we ought to be, we ought to be, y'all ready? We ought to be concerned about church growth in those two ways. I mean, when it comes to summit, this is a club. This is a performance. We're happy to have you if, this, if, if that's what it's limited to. But for those of you that call this place home, you're in leadership, you care about this place, you're bought in, what have you, right? Then you ought to be, I'm asking you, no, I'm begging you to be committed enough to Summit Church to be so concerned on the, of the growth in two ways for Summit Church that heaven is growing as a result of Summit Church. That heaven is getting bigger as a result of this place, right? Which has some implications, right? Which has some implications to the way that we do things, right? Some of the music that we pick, all of those things. We, We say it from day one in membership class. It's not about you. The Sunday morning is the driver. We plan this as if people who don't know Jesus are going to be here so that they'll meet Jesus. And if you're a disciple who is concerned about the mission of God, you'll celebrate that as opposed to come up and criticize it at the end of the service. That is something to be celebrating. I don't want Sunday mornings. Hear me very clearly. We're way off the nose. <laughs> But this is important. It's so important. Because the chaos and confusion in the church has got to go. We've got to get back to Jesus. I am not concerned. about you being entertained. I do not want to be a part of a holy huddle. I don't even like saying the term holy huddle. What is that? This ought to be a place where people meeting Jesus is of utmost importance and celebrated. And secondly, this ought to be a place where you can come as you are, but leave changed. Because of what he's done. Not because of any criticism you're going to catch from us. Because if there's a big sinner in the room, it's this guy. Don't. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. And so we're, we're not, we're, but, but, but the spirit of, of coming together and gathering as the body of Christ ought to be. I'm not where I was, but I'm not where I want to be. And I pray that that is your heart. And if we all come, right, and we're talking on a Sunday morning, hey, how you doing? I'm not where I was, but I'm not where I want to be. Me too. Me too. Growth. Look at what Paul does next in verses 10 through 14. He says, for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, curse be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law or uh, for the righteous shall live by faith. Let me explain this really quickly. Talking about confusion and chaos, right? For anyone who rely on the works, the works of the law that Paul's talking about, this, 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 this legalistic mentality where the false teachers are trying to, 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 to bewitch you, trying to trick you, trying to get you to buy into their stuff, right? For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. Right, are under a curse. For it's written, curse be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. What Paul is saying is, listen, no one can stand up under this book of the law, right? No one can. I mean, let's just start with the Ten Commandments. Not one person here can stand up under all Ten Commandments. I mean, hopefully murder, we're all good, right? But like lying, I, Father, right? Like all those, all those different things. And so what Paul is saying is, listen, listen, listen. A curse be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it's evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. And he goes on to say, what's important here is that Jesus fulfilled the curse. He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus was our substitute. He took upon himself the curse that we deserved. He took our place and absorb our punishment he became sin for us not that he became a sinner but our sin became his in our place and explains why he cried out my God, my God, why have you forsaken me Jesus in his humanity experienced the forsakenness of God to rescue us to redeem someone means to rescue them from the power of another so in his death Jesus rescued us. He liberated us from both the power of sin and the guilt of sin. Freedom comes because our sinfulness is exposed. The need for Jesus is exposed, and forgiveness is experienced in Christ. We're set free from the power of guilt and sin. So, Paul here is resetting them. Paul here is resetting them. The goal. For the church of Jesus it was true for Galatia it's true for some at church today the goal is to be a disciple of Jesus one that is concerned for the mission of the church one that is growing in, in, in following Jesus and being changed by Jesus the goal is to be a disciple not to be perfect because we could walk through all those disciples and talk about, talk about their imperfections. Doubting Thomas. Unable to keep his mouth shut. Peter. Right? I mean, like we, could, we, could talk, we could talk all through the disciples. The goal is to be a disciple, not to be perfect. So here's my challenge for it. And I want to set it up like this. Okay? Um, uh, I, I don't know when these started. Some of you that may be more seasoned drivers Right, might 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 be able to help me with this. But are you ever driving along the road and then all of a sudden maybe you're riding or maybe you're just driving and you're zoned out, but you're in a car, right? Nice, you're taking on all the leaves all of a sudden, and then you just start hearing do 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 right. What do you call that? rumble strips, right? Rumble strips. And sometimes Like if the kids aren't paying attention, you might just do it, right? To just like, Ah! right? And just, just stir something, right? Because it's fun. Or you know, somebody's sleeping; they shouldn't be sleeping, right? And and they're a passenger. You scream really loud and hit that rumble strip, right? And it's just, it's fun. Anyway, um, right? But 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 rumble strips, right? And rumble strips happen when what? You're drifting. Right, you're drifting. I have a good friend uh, down in, in Tennessee that uh, talks about fighting the drift. Right, and that's, that's essentially uh, uh, how we're finishing here: is fighting the drift. But you're drifting, right? And so, and so, you're 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 moving along, but you start to you start to drift. Right? You start to drift and whatever the reason you're drifting, right? You're drifting whether you fall asleep whether you're dozing right whether you're whether you're just really engaged in thought But that rumble strip serves as a warning that danger is coming Right that danger is coming Paul is trying to be the rumble strip for the church of Galatians you foolish Galatians who has bewitched you get back To your first love. Get back to the moment of your salvation. Remember these important things. You're justified by God alone. Right? Not works of the law. He declares you righteous. The church doesn't declare you. Right? Like all of these different things that Paul is resetting. And Paul is serving as a rumble strip here for the church at Galatia to say, Hey, you're drifting. Right? You're drifting. And you need to get back on track. Because what's the destination? Jesus. Jesus. I mean, it's not even heaven, because heaven is a result of Jesus being our destination. Right? Jesus. And so if my destination is Jesus, and that's my course, and that's where I'm setting my course, then there are rumble strips. There ought to be rumble strips. Some of you are rumble strips for for, right and and and, and 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 there ought to be strips so that when I start drifting off course, <clears throat> right? Somebody comes and says, "Hey, foolish Travis, why are you going after this? Don't forget." where you're going and why you're going there. As the worship team comes, my question for us, what would Paul write to you? What would Paul write to you today about the course that you've set, the destination that's in your GPS, and maybe you've passed the Rumble strip, maybe you're over in the median. Wherever you're sitting, wherever you're, wherever you're laying, I want to challenge you. What does it look like for you to get back on the course? What does it look like for you to step away and say, you know what, I'm off course here, I need to call a timeout and I need to reset. I need to step away from the table, I need to step away from the project, I need to step away from this for a few minutes so that I can remember why, so that I can remember what, so that I can remember who. And that's my challenge for you this morning. Because I think we can all probably see a place in our life where if Paul are standing are writing a letter to me. Foolish Travis. Foolish Travis. Get back on track. Remember who and remember why. And maybe you're like me this morning. And I just want to pray for you. I'm going to be sitting down here at the end of the service. And if you just want to talk about that, if you want somebody to pray for you in that, just to reset. Hey, just need to reset. And for us corporately, again, what an 18 months, two years it's been. Right? Let's remember. Let's remember. It's all about Jesus. And let's get back to growing the church. You don't have to come to church with boxing gloves on. Looking for things that you need to correct and people that you need to educate on whatever. We come Right? What does God want to do today in his house? Who does he want to save? Who does he want to change? How does he want to change them? And we celebrate those things. We celebrate those things. We celebrate those things. Let pray for us. Father, thank you that your grace is for us. Your love is for us. Your care is for us. And God, I pray today, whatever we're sitting in this room, carrying, God, some of us need a reset. Some of us need to hear Paul calling out the church of Galatia and saying, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You've made so much about nothing. And God, I pray that for those that needed that this morning, that you would open ears and hearts and minds, that God, we would walk out of this place different than we walked in. So God, I pray that you would do a work. I pray that you'd complete the work that you've started in each and every one of us. This morning. And I thank you that we get to do this. In Jesus' name. Amen.